Get those Star Rail passes ready and join us for Trailblazer Talk, the podcast for fans of Honkai Star Rail. I'm your host, David, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew. Hello. Miu. Hey, yo. And Tony. Ahoy, ahoy. We're so excited to bring you the latest news and insights on this new addition to the Honkai series. We'd like to start by thanking all our new listeners and followers of the podcast. It's been really encouraging to us, and we can't wait to present to you our second episode. That being said, let's get into our first topic, the new animated short, Flash. The animation was really nice. I am always impressed by uh, Hoyo's animation and the emotion in the voice acting, so. I feel like I've not seen too many of those, or at least I maybe stopped seeing those since when I stopped playing Genshin, but I'm kind of surprised that they are pretty good. And definitely was kind of exciting to watch that and get a hint of the, the next banner character. Maybe for people that haven't seen this uh, animated short quite yet, why don't we describe it a bit for them? Well, it showed Jinyon as he was like facing off against a his former master, or I guess his master, who had succumbed to the Mara affliction and kind of like detailing lessons that he learned from his master and then kind of at the very end kind of showing him becoming the master to a new uh part of day yeah getting to pass on the knowledge yeah i i really like the callback to seeing like the the student taking on the disciple uh de- definitely definitely a sad story very makes me also uh you know really concerned for what, what's going to happen with uh, some of these characters we're going to meet as they progress through their own story yeah hoyo does not pull punches on emotional story beats as we all know so uh i'm also definitely a little concerned about him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm really curious as uh as we continue to see lots of these different shorts coming out what else we can expect in terms of storytelling I'd love to know for, for each of you, what characters do you really want to see like a small featurette similar to this in upcoming releases? Well, I definitely am curious about the character from the 1.1 banner. Um, I think his name is Luocha. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. Feel free to correct me, everybody. Um, but he's the second half of the banner and I am very interested to see. We don't know anything about him but he's i think he's going to be more of a healer kind of character uh since he apparently knows about medicine and he has a coffin that he travels with so yeah i'll, I'll definitely say that uh Luacha does appear uh eventually in the current story but we don't necessarily uh find out all of his story or anything uh, quite at this point there's still going to be lots of story beats coming up i think for him what about you what uh character are you curious about i think some of the characters i'm interested in are just mostly characters i got early and haven't seen too much of in world 2 like shushane and i guess quinchin a little i mean quinchin gets a little bit more like uh, interaction with near the end of World 2, but Trishane is almost like in this side story that I haven't actually completed yet. Yeah, I, I know for myself that the character that I wanted to see a lot more uh, backstory around was Pela. Uh, right now, as I've gone through and done more of the side quests that uh, exist and involve her, I've gotten to learn a little bit more about her character, her motivations, but I would have really loved to have seen something a little bit richer throughout the uh, world of Urillo 6 as we're going through and meeting everyone within that space. Like, she literally had, like, the, the least screen time of any uh, character. Definitely. Yeah, I would have liked to see her have more of a, like, Natasha, like, level of involvement. Yeah, actually, speaking of uh, Natasha, she's... I just met her, and she's a character I'm hoping to to learn more about. I think she's... I know, I'm not gonna lie, it's it's solely because she has the same voice actor as Rosaria in Genshin Impact. And, the, and Rosaria was was my main for like, six to eight months of that game. Oh, is it Elizabeth Maxwell for the English? Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. So, uh, she's great. She's great. And so I have really fond memories. And so when I when I when I heard her voice, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Rosaria again!" I'm like, I need to 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 know who you are. Plus, you know, I, I I'm also way behind where you folks are in the storyline. And I just showed up in the underworld, and here's this person, you know, healing people um, down there, and and just you know, she's that's what her her job is. I'm, I'm you know looking forward to kind of getting to know her a little better. So it'll definitely be interesting to to, to understand that part of the the story a bit. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think you're going to be in luck because for Natasha, there's going to be lots of uh, opportunities to get to learn more about her character as you go through her story. Yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah, I, I think for most of the characters that you meet on uh, Urilo 6, other than Pela, <laughs> who for some reason we don't care about, they they did a good job of really fleshing out um, all, all the people involved. At least, at least that was my impression. Yep. I agree so far. I'm not quite finished with it. Um, I know you guys are, but I'm not quite there yet. But so mm -hmm. far, I feel everyone has gotten, at least besides Pela, <laughs> everyone has gotten <laughs> enough screen time to not just intrigue, but also kind of uh, make them familiar. Uh, I feel I kind of have a good grasp on who they are as characters now, which is good and fun. Do you think the lack of, of having a lot of detail on Pela at this point in the game is an indication that we'll maybe get like a story quest for her later on or something like that. Do we know if if Star Rail is going to have those types of, of content? I don't think that's been announced. I'm not sure though. Well, there are companion quests, which yeah. are kind of like similar to what you were had in Genshin, but maybe that might, but certainly because of how short change she got from them going through the main story, that maybe she'll get a bigger companion quest down the line. Yeah, I mean, I remember characters in Mondstadt in, in Genshin who literally are not part of the main story at all. And you only get to know through through the story and and, and, and uh, their, um, what are they called? Their... Hangout quests. Hangout quests, yeah. 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 Hangout quests. There, There is a, a, a semi-equivalent within uh, Honkai Star Rail where after you complete the quests, uh, those characters will show up on the Astral Express and you can chat with them and that sort of thing. Uh, honestly, though, I, even though I've done quests involving Pela, the thing I'm sort of asking myself is, were they her quests? <laughs> I wonder if that means they'll have more things for her to do later on in the story. Yeah, that's that's certainly my hope. Well, for, for all of those other uh, Pela lovers out there listening right now, uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast, there's only going to be about seven days left for uh, Zila, Pela, Hook, and Natasha to be on the uh, current banner. Uh, and after that, we're going to be moving over to uh, the General's banner, uh, Jingwan. Uh, who else is going to be on his banner? March 7th, Shusheng and Tingyang. Ooh. March 7th. Those are many of my favorite characters. Yeah, like, I want all those characters. I'm like... The current banner, which is like, I only want one of those characters. I'm really, really interested in the fact that they're putting one of the starter characters on a banner because they don't do that in Genshin ever. Well, that's because they give you other ways of getting their um, the constellation equivalent. Yeah, can't you buy them in the shops? But in here, there's no way of doing that here. You can buy them in the shops, though, the same as in Genshin. Interesting. They just switch out more often. I thought you were going to do that for Herta, I thought. I didn't think there was any other character got that other than um uh no if you go into the actual like shop shop um which you might not have done because i have actually purchased money things um, but if you go into there you can find um sort of similar in um to genshin but it rotates i think it's on every day rather than every month where it'll rotate through the characters that you can purchase um like what's his name uh, I saw Arlen in there the other day, for example. So I've seen uh, Don Hung in there as well. Yeah, I, I have it pulled up in front of me right now. It looks like it. it's not quite every day, because uh, at least I see uh, Don Hung and Serval both listed for about 21 days at the moment. Uh, and that's for the Starlight Exchange. I, I'm not sure that's the best place to be spending your undying starlight, however, because uh, the alternate thing you can buy in that space are the five-star uh, light cones, which definitely feel like a good investment. Much better purchase, I agree. <laughs> yeah, like when you, when you do a conversion from there, you're basically looking at 30 rolls uh, for a five-star weapon. You're not going to be able to make that sort of thing up either with uh, the star rail passes or even with a character. Maybe if there's someone that you're really desperate for, like uh, I, I do, I would like to have Arlen, not because I think he's a character I want to run in my party, but just I'd like to have the rest of the four stars. So today I learned you can buy a five star light cone just straight up in the store. 
Yep, straight up in the store. <laughs> is it a crappy five star light cone? Like, is it one of those fake five star light cones? Well, you got seven options to choose from. Yeah, I mean, for for some of the light cones that you can buy, they are the best in slot for that character. Ah, so interesting. They, yeah, they're they're worth investing in. I'm really surprised they did that. Yeah. Yeah, if if you're gonna save your uh, your your starlight, uh, undying starlight, yeah, um, that's where I think you should spend it on. I'm gonna go look up what undying starlight is if I have any, and then not spend it. So that's what I'm gonna do next. <laughs> But yeah, I'm really shocked to hear that March 7th is going to be in a banner. That's nice. I like that change a lot compared to Genshin. I, I definitely feel for this upcoming banner, the uh, four stars are a much, much better investment on your account than uh, the four stars we had this last time around. Uh, I mean, I'm also a person right now sitting with an E8 Natasha, so I have pretty strong <laughs> feelings, but... <laughs> Yeah, the Celia banner has not been kind to you, huh? So someday Zeela's gonna come home. I, you know, I, I have seven days left. That's maybe enough to get a few more rolls, but I'm not very hopeful. <laughs> maybe she'll surprise you. No, she came onto my place instead. <laughs> <laughs> With half the half as many rolls, she came to to my place instead. That's just cruel. <laughs> I've still been putting all my uh, all my efforts into the standard banner for now, so I want that free five star at three hundred. <laughs> Have you decided which five star you're going to get? If I don't get Japard by then, that's who I'm going for. Oh, interesting. Now, now, did we all get? Did we all end up getting wealth as our nope standard banner? Or not a standard banner. Our um, beginner banners five star. No, I did not get wealth. You did not get wealth. Which is kind of unfortunate, because he's the only imaginary character in the uh, roster. Who did you end up getting? I got Clara. Oh, redhead girl. Yes. No, no. She's the whitehead. She's the little... She's the kid. Oh! The robot dad. She's the, she's the red-coated girl. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I really love Clara's character in general. I, I think that she's the... Uh, a character that I'm likely going to spend my uh, my 300 warps on when it comes around to that point. Uh, I think the only other person that I really have any interest in would be most likely Himiko, or just going for another Eidolon on uh, Velt, but I'd have to decide if having E1 uh, Velt is better than just another character. I guess it depends on when you hit the 300 mark. I feel like early game, probably better to have more characters to choose from. While if you're pretty late, like it's been a couple months from now, then maybe it would be worth the E1. Yeah, definitely think it's early to kind of be hyper-investing into a particular character, especially given that, you know, a lot of these characters may not even be particularly good, you know, six months to a year from now. We just don't know, especially the five stars. Yeah, I'm always someone who puts a personal favorite over meta, but there is, you know, some balance to be had there for sure. You can kind of make any character good, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I always kind of have done is in the um in genshin you know there's the the archon of each of each region uh and getting the character who is the archon of that region generally is one of the better characters of, of, of genshin um of one of the better five stars that's been kind of the way i've gone about it and that's worked out pretty well do you think we're gonna get characters like that in in honkai do you think that there's gonna be in, in star rail do you think there's gonna be um, like, do you think we'll ever get to get a playable Aeon or anything like that? Or is that just never gonna occur? Honestly, I don't think we know enough about them at this point to really make that call. Right. I feel like with Genshin, because the Archons actually show up in the story, so especially like, you know, Venti shows up pretty much immediately when starting the Mondstadt story quest, yeah. um, or Archon quest, um, like it made sense that he was the first banner. He was one of the first characters you run into. But with the Aeons in Star Rail, like we don't actually see them, really. Yeah, well, they're basically like gods, essentially. Well, well, they're both gods. But what's interesting and in, what's interesting Kenshin is they're they are gods, except they're the, the in kind of the lore of the game. You find out they might not really be as powerful as as you kind of think that the population thinks they are like there there's there's 
there are beings more powerful than the gods kind of as you start to get into the game whereas in in um in star rail i mean i watched the the video that i think we talked about uh on the background of the lore and that the aeons started out as you know regular mortals at some point but now have advanced to the point that they are so powerful that they may as well be gods right and the thing that's interesting about the aeons too is that they can't stray from their path at all like at least with the archons in genshin you feel like they still have like free will in what they're doing like you know not to spoil genshin's you know three years old leo s story quests (laughs) here (laughs) but like zhongli willingly gives up his gnosis which is you know essentially his power as an archon um and is still able to you know fight have control over geo to some extent and the same goes for Venti. Um, but with the Aeons in Star Rail, were they to stray from their path at all, they would die, essentially. Right. So I don't know if we'll ever get to play them with that in mind. It also seems that the uh, Aeons are, for the most part, actively disinterested within uh, interacting with people. Like one of the uh, Aeons that was exceptional in that way was Akavili, who is the Aeon of the Trailblaze, right? Yes. Early missing in action. Yeah. So, you know, Akavili is not around. uh, And that's one of the reasons why the movement through things like the Astral Express had come to a halt, because it was the power of the Trailblaze that was allowing... uh, things like the Astral Express to move around. Uh, and it was only after, you know, Himiko rediscovered one of these trains and was able to, you know, repair the star rail, start moving these things around, that anyone could even follow the path of the Trailblaze again. They've definitely been establishing that the Aeons are not immortal. So I, I certainly suspect at some point, probably going to uh, have to... Uh, fight and potentially defeat an Aeon. Um, whether that Aeon is going to, you know, come around and go on fun adventures with us, that, that <laughs> seems less likely. <laughs> well, the, other, <laughs> the other thing is, there's more Aeons than there are paths in the game. So I do wonder if at some point an, arc, uh, an Aeon that we might, you know, defeat and subsequently potentially kill is going to be one that we like, you know, experience in game in terms of like characters following the path of, or is it just going to be something random? Mm-hmm. Characters revealed to be an Aeon. Oh God! <laughs> you just you know that's going to happen. That would be an interesting twist. <laughs> well, I, I think it's you know not much of a spoiler. It's pretty obvious at this point that uh, Stella is going to be the garbage Aeon. So. <laughs> <laughs> So funny enough, I just accidentally was clicked on something in the databanks, and I mentioned that I think one of the Aeons, I think, um, apparently uh, started as a uh, thrown in the trash. A computer that was thrown away in the trash became sentient, and eventually became an Aeon. Oh so my God, it's uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, so the, the the trash lore is deep. It's all about that garbage lore. I gotta study up on the trash lore. I still don't. I st- I still don't understand any of this, but I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> Start digging in trash cans. That's all I have to say. I'll say that's the biggest disappointment about World 2 is the lack of, you know, tr- deep trash can lore. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I know. So, Tony, I, I know you're still uh, relatively early into the story. You only just got off the Heritage Space Station. Is that correct? I got up the Heritage Space Station. I'm on, uh, and I'm on Harilo. Was it Harilo Four, Harilo Six? I can't. One of the numbers. And uh, yeah, I, I've kind of made my way to the the main city, and that's about as far as I've gotten. Uh, I wanted to. I I was my mission this week was to get to the point where I could spend my Trailblazer power, so that I didn't have to feel like that was going to waste every day. Um, so I found one of the calxes. That was good. Um, and I think I was mentioned in this group just before, uh, we joined the podcast, but I was playing and I had just realized it kind of clicked that the 
ele- that the elements and the paths are not the same thing. Yeah, they are very different. <laughs> like I, I didn't realize that those were two things. Like I, I thought they were. A, I thought every time I talked, people talked about a path, and I know people have like their little colored symbols. I just assumed that that was what they were talking about. Like I didn't really get it. Honestly, and... that's a fair assumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the UI is kind of like makes it very similar to that. It, it muddles. It's a little muddled. And so I think the conversation that we had last week, uh, I don't I don't remember if it was actually during the podcast or after the podcast, before the podcast, but we were talking about light cones are just weapons. Yes. And so yep. it kind of clicked literally last night when I'm looking at all the light cones and I realized the paths are just are just types of weapons. They're just claymores and swords and, you know, um, uh, bows, bows and whatever, whatever else. They're just, that's all they, like, they're more than that. Like, there's a lot of lore in them in the game and all, all that. But, like, in terms of functionality in the game, they're just a weapon type. And yeah, so when you look at it that like way. RPG classes, but yeah. Sure, sure. But, like, in, in some sense, like, that's, that's kind of, if you compare it to Genshin, that like all of a sudden that clicked, and then it was like, okay, now I can see this weapon type can go on any character of any element, and so the elements and the weapon types, I, I can see the matrix of how it all. So I was like trying to, I, yeah, it, it, I felt really dumb when I when I figured all this out, um, especially given that it's you know, Genshin does literally the same thing. It just it's basically a reskinned version of that. Um, I'll say that I, I do think that there's a little bit more complexity to the paths and some of the way that they work. So, like, a, as an example, if we think about things like the uh, path of preservation, like, mm-hmm. that's going to involve a lot of shielding and things like that. Sure. Versus, like, uh, the path of the hunt. The characters that are the path of the hunt are going to be, uh, you know, more about, like, single target damage, more, like, you know, d- direct sort of things. I think it's the it's the same way for uh, oh, what's what's the name of the path for uh, people that are mostly doing AOE? Is that remembrance? No, it's no, it's um, is that the duration? Erudition, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's sort of the effects that you also see as you uh, go through a simulated universe as well. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah I still haven't done the simulated universe very far. I I don't really get what that is. Heard him made me go in there, and I was like, "What's going on?" I'm very confused. Definitely spend some more time in there, and take your time to read it too, because some of it is actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> like the uh, scripting in this game makes me laugh way more often than I was expecting. Bert is very disinterested and also very interested in what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think the I think the the written lore is just so key in this game to really both understanding the story but also getting a, a deeper level of enjoyment. I, I'm without coming up with spoilers for uh, the, the second world. As part of the main quest line, I'll just share that there are some opportunities to either read some documents or simply ignore those documents, and. If you don't read the documents as you're going through and progressing that particular story, I think that the motivations of some of the characters could fall pretty flat and just make the story really appear to be largely uninteresting. Whereas when you actually are going through and reading some of this additional lore, it makes the in-game choices actually really challenging. Like for this particular main story quest, I actually just sort of sat there for a few minutes and was like, I don't know what's the right thing to do. I don't actually know who is right. And that's really been enjoyable for me. I've I've seen that in the side quests a lot too, where um, you're almost sort of presented with this moral conundrum. And yeah, maybe the eventual outcome is the same. You're still going to get 60 you know, 60 jade and 2000 credits or, or whatever. But the 
I, I feel like the story still impacts me, even if there's no impact on the world. I mean, a lot of times your choices just slightly changes what response you get from the other characters. But it can still sometimes be fun to have that, that false agency, in a sense, with those uh, dialogue choices. I've, I've actually been finding that you end up in the same place, but I think you do have a little bit more player agency than you might uh, believe. And you can actually be presented with very different challenges. Because I at least know on World 2, which again, we're going to avoid spoilers for now. Uh, World 2 has some different uh, choices within the main story that will actually have you go and do different activities depending on which dialogue you choose and what actions you take. And huh. I, I don't recall anything like that really happening within Genshin Impact. Maybe the rest of you can correct me if I'm wrong there. No, I agree. I think this game has a lot more freedom in the story sense than Genshin does, which is, it makes sense uh, just on what kind of games these are, like in comparison to each other. But I really like the more freedom of choice in Star Rail. Speaking of lore, are there any particular uh, story beats that any of you have come across in the past few days that really stood with you? Well, I do. I don't know if you guys have seen all of the YouTube videos that exist and all of the trailers before the game actually came out, but um, Don Hung and Blade's interesting, like, past relationship question mark is extremely interesting for me to think about, and I've been kind of looking at everything that we know about them for the past couple of days. Oh, that's interesting. I actually haven't watched those particular uh, videos. They're just providing some additional like prequel information. Yeah, basically. Um, before the game came out, there were quite a few trailers that released. And in one of them, uh, Don Hung has a dream question mark about Blade. And so they're definitely have some past relation going on there. And there's also a light cone that goes into it, um, which is really interesting too. So they're kind of like drip feeding you bits and pieces of their past relationship. And I'm like, why Don Hung is running away from whatever he's running away from. It's, it's a really cool story to follow. And I love how MiHoYo is doing that. There definitely was one story I remember or at least one little quest bit that I remember it was like pretty interesting. Unfortunately, I can't remember what it was for the life of me, so just have to stay with that. I mentioned last week that I really like March 7th character, and I find her more fascinating as time goes on. And I know like you can you can miss this if you don't talk to everybody, but like she's she's kind of a kind of a dark character if you think about it, you know, in that she's been Kind of abandoned in a world that where where no where she knows no one she has no memory of anything and is constantly afraid she's going to be left alone um and it manifests itself as this really happy-go-lucky super cute look how cute i am everything's great i'm so happy and cheery please love me kind of exterior which i think it's kind of nuts but um you know you you it, you know to some extent you could look at it and say like this is person in pain you know, so um, I just think it's I think it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I like her a lot, too. I didn't think I would like her at all when I first started the game. I thought she would annoy me to no end forever, like Paimon does. Um, well, but that yeah. is not the case. I mean, Paimon is Paimon is annoying, but you don't know you, you, you have you know nothing behind Paimon and why she is the way she is. Right. The, right. With 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 March 7th, every time she does something, you you I'm, I, I want to pity her and be like oh you're just so you know afraid of being alone you know every every single time and you know i i'm waiting for for you know cracks in the facade to to, to come through at some point does that mean that you choose all the nice uh nice speaking options instead of the bullying ones when you're talking to her <laughs> <laughs> yeah don hung is is not is sometimes not the most uh uh careful with how he words things to her but yeah it, um i yeah I, I try to be nice to to her for the most part instead of be, being straight I, up I, mean. I end up bullying her often. <laughs> <laughs> poor girl i feel really bad but it is really funny <laughs>
I think they've been doing a good job uh, keeping to that maxim of like show don't tell, especially with March in particular. Yeah. When you go into her room and just seeing all these photographs that she's constantly taking, it affords you the opportunity to ask, well, why are these photographs that she's taking everywhere so relevant to her? And it's really just about preserving those memories. Uh, if you go into her room as the story progresses, new photographs will also show up on those areas that are touching on all the different areas of the story that you all have gone through as well. So it'll be interesting to see if the photos within the Astral Express are eventually going to evolve or we're going to maybe see some become static as the story progresses. Maybe like some areas are considerably more impactful to March. I haven't been back to her room actually, so that's really cool. I didn't realize that the photos were changing, so now I have to go back and look. There's definitely a few things on the Astral Express that are pretty easy to miss. Oh, yes. You were just saying that reminded me. There's that the radio broadcast. Yeah, that's that's exactly the thing I wanted to call out. Do you want to speak to the uh, radio broadcast, Andrew? Sure. I think the thing that surprised me about most was like, this is like a five minute long radio broadcast about the news of the, the world of Star Realm and like how everything's kind of not not so great, really. You have like the lot they have the uh anti-matter legion you know rampaging across the universe you have i think a few like, entire galaxy was just destroyed or something mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like yeah it's like tuesday almost it's like how how long has this been going on for kind of to have this kind of attitude towards the uh oh we lost a galaxy no big deal yeah and for anyone who has managed to miss this because there's there's no blinking light on it to tell you to go interact with this radio or anything like that. It's really just sitting on a corner. You can walk up to it and when you get very close to allow you to uh, interact. What, what I actually found really interesting about that particular broadcast is I didn't feel that it necessarily had the attitude of the world is on fire, everything is terrible. It actually had a feeling that was much more uh, almost like propaganda. So the Astral Peace Corporation is trying to almost portray the world as being in a much better state because of the work that they're uh, they're doing, right? The Interastral Peace Corporation. Uh, I'm really wondering if we're going to find out that as the story moves along that maybe they're secretly one of the big bads, you know, <laughs> things mm. are, are not what they, this, things are not as they seem. Eh, sure. I wasn't saying it was like everything was on fire, but it was more like things have not been so great and it have not been so great for a while. Was more yeah. like what I was trying to say. There are so many little secrets in this game. Like, I don't know if you guys go obsessively around every world and collect all of the scrap paper that you can pick up but uh, there's a lot already. And um, <laughs> I didn't know about the uh, the broadcast and I have to, I definitely have to go check around for that. There's, the, there's a lot of few little things like there's, there's, there's this interesting plant on the space station that was kind of hilarious that I enjoyed a bit. What did you guys, I was, I'm curious what you folks picked for your, um, your music on the train. So I think my favorite music uh, moment in the game, at least is the, Chapter one, final boss. Mostly because you have this nice little like build up, and then the boss will do their ultimate, and suddenly vocals immediately kick in, and I was like, that was like a very nice effect that they did with that. And now you don't get the track with the vocals, but you at least get the the original non-vocal track you know, build up for it. So I've set that as my actual music. Nice. I have uh, the game is on as my music. <laughs> My favorite music is also the uh, boss fight, just like Andrew. I, I will say that when I am spending time within the Astral Express trying to work on other things and it's looped for the 30th time, it starts to get annoying at that point. <laughs> but uh, it, it is uh, it is my jam. I, I really enjoy the melancholy, um, the melancholy vocal track that's on the train. 
I don't remember what it was called, but it's it just feels very like homey and like you're kind of this lost train. I don't I don't know what it's called, but it's it's one of the only vocal tracks that I can remember. Um, but that's what I ended up selecting. I wish the controls a little bit better for like playback or like make like skip ahead to the center is this the track you really remember because it's kind of quiet when you're trying to listen to it or like in that menu yeah I, I haven't i haven't double checked if this is possible but i'd be curious if there's a way to almost uh set up like a playlist or something like that so i could have a, a set of things that i could listen to that would be nice that would be nice that would be nice that's going to annoy me that I don't remember what the name of the song was. Yeah, I'm bad at the song names too, so I just go to the Star Rail wiki and play them on there until I remember. That's what I should have done when I was trying to find that track. So I know when we were uh, chatting the pre-show a little bit earlier, we were talking about uh, different uh, ships that we have for characters. Who was talking about shipping? No one talks about shipping. I wouldn't talk about shipping. <laughs> Definitely not me. I yeah, we're, we're a train company. We don't ship. <laughs> You know, ships. Uh, but for real, uh, I think the obvious answer here is Sila and Branya. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally, I totally agree. That. that is that is the best ship. <laughs> Definitely the most popular uh, from a quick browse on Ao3. Oh, you have, you have to. I, I haven't met Sila in game yet, so I don't even know why the two of them are. Have I met Sila in game. No, you'll meet her soon. I yeah. think. Very soon. Interesting. But she's the, uh, she's a wildfire leader, right? Yep. Yeah, they have a they bounce off of each other really well. Uh, I like their development a lot. I think everybody kind of does. <laughs> um, uh, and I also love that they're in each other's like trailers and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. Branya and Sile talk about each other in all sorts of like extra media that they're posting on their YouTube and stuff like that. And I love that. I think one of the things that I have really appreciated about the Zila and Branya story additionally is there's a few segments where uh, the trailblazer is not involved, they're not on screen, and it's just the two of them chatting. I think being able to see what's going on with other characters, yeah. uh, observe their conversations makes it really interesting to get that sort of external point of view. And it's it's used multiple times throughout. Uh, there's other times within the first world where just uh, Himiko and Velt are having a conversation uh, while all sorts of other catastrophic events are happening everywhere else. And it's it's fun to sort of understand what's going through their minds. I definitely agree with the sentiment there. It, it always frustrates me with some of these games how you want to see two characters who are so interesting on their own interact with each other. But because the game is tailored around you as the main character, the game can't get out of its own way to show them interacting with each other. It's always got to be through the conduit of you. Sometimes it's fun to see them, you know, interact directly with each other, you know, as a, as a cutscene or something like that. So I think that's, I'm really excited to see that happen. Yeah, I feel like that's something that Genshin needs more of um and i'm really really happy to see that honkai Starrail is going in that direction they have a lot of cool characters they have a lot of deep characters that can really shine so it's nice to actually give them that spotlight something that i, I think star rail has done a good job is also creating more like familial relationships as well and those types of interactions and conflicts uh, I, I've really enjoyed seeing the interactions between uh, Clara and Mr. Svarog. I think the interactions between like Arlen and Asta, or uh, Jepard and Serval. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, Serval have have. Or even her and Bronya, even. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think Jepard and his relationship with his sister Serval is really fun and. Uh, a nice touch, I think, is how they'll show it in, again, like kind of almost extra media where they have a lot of similar idol animations um, that kind of play off of each other. And I really, I like those little details a lot. I think it's, I don't know, I, I get the same sense of, um, you know, when you're on you're on the train and there's, you, you know, you're on the planet with, with March and, and Don, and then you have Welt and um, Kimiko on, on the train and it's like mommy and daddy waiting for you at the house. I just think it, cra <laughs> it cracks me up. 
No, they feel like they feel like you know, train mommy and daddy back. You know. Yeah. Have you guys read the um the prequel comics for Star Rail? I didn't know they existed, so now I will. Yes, definitely do because it goes more into uh, Welt and Himiko's past and how they know each other. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I would like to see the relationship between the two of them a little bit more. Yeah, they have a really interesting relationship, I have to say. I like mm-hmm. what we've seen of them a lot. I mean, kind of their whole attitude of you in the first one was like, I oh, let the kids have their fun and, you know, get some experience trailblazing and we'll just oh, kind of shoot this one out. Yeah, no, totally. It's great. I loved it. Or Himiko just wants to drink her tea. And- it, it, it reminds me very much of that meme where it's the uh, the parent trying to help their small child swim. And like in the foreground, there's this other kid that's like struggling and drowning. Then you see the uh, like the skeleton on the chair underneath. That's, oh, I know that's, exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what it feels like in some of these sections where everything is going on on Urillo 6. And Himiko's like, they're fine. Everything's fine. Let's go have some tea. <laughs> Something that I, I don't understand, maybe this is listed within one of the uh, train data sheets or something like that. How old are some of these characters? Like, the, the only character that clearly is older is Velt because he has some small amount of gray hair. <laughs> But like Himiko is like, ah, you young kids, you young whippersnappers. It's like, how old are you, Himiko? I'm going to guess she's like over 30. And that's why they're treating her as like an old woman. <laughs> but that's, but that's, that's good. That's just because I assume the game is sexist. So that's, I don't know. Like, <laughs> If you, um, if you read the, if you read up on her character story and you read the, like the prequel comic stuff that features Welt and Himiko, uh, you'll you'll figure out pretty quickly uh, how old she is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just remember again being playing Genshin and finding out Ningguang is supposed to be like what twenty seven, and I'm like, oh come on! Like I don't, I was like, God, she's she amassed like an entire like you know empire of wealth, and she's twenty seven. Like I just don't buy it. Is that not something that you're supposed to do by 27? I, I don't know. And she's... Yeah, I, well, look at the number of child prodigies in this, uh, especially on the space station. Like, just... Although, how much is that, you know, whatever science, genetic engineering, or whatever they've done, or immortality-esque, or robots, or whatever? Oh, or, yeah. I mean, there's, there's child prodigies left and right in this game. Um... Like, I, I know when you go to the uh, first planet, uh, you'll have a handful of child prodigies and then one or two other kids. They're like, oh, I'm going to go make a snowman. Then you go to the second uh, planet. It's like, well, this is my space laser I just made. What are they feeding these kids? I know that it, the only one I can think of that actually might be a little older is is also Herta, right? Isn't she technically... Like she, she looks like a child in a robot form, but she is definitely older, right? Yes, yeah. that is correct. We don't actually, I don't know that we know how old she is, but she's, I believe she's an older person. She's been around for a long time. She yeah, is an older sure. person, but she, she's figured out some way to also reverse her age. Right, right. So she could technically be like, you know, a good 400 years old, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's just controlling her puppets, essentially. It it does make me wonder, are we eventually going to run into some sort of, uh, uh, like, Mr. House situation, like in, in Fallout, where Herta is just bundled up somewhere underground and cryogenically frozen or something like that, or if she's really just sitting around on a couch, being in goblin mode, having her 200... Uh, puppets go do all the work for her <laughs> well i think she's directly controlling those puppets because if she's not controlling the puppets just kind of sit there doing nothing that's that's true but she also uh she responds when you talk to any of the puppets so rapidly so it, it makes me wonder how it is she's interacting with all these puppets yeah does she have like some is she in, is she interacting directly does she uploaded some of her consciousness to the puppets and then assuming that this has some sort of autonomy to interact with you directly like you know it's there's some gray area that they haven't quite explained. Yeah. Or Mark Sennett could be the oldest because, you know, she's from the past. 
technically true, although she was frozen. Yes, so, but uh, uh, unclear how long ago. I still don't understand how they determined that they unfroze her on March 7th. They looked at the calendar when they unfroze her. But March 7th, but there, but there is no Earth, right? March 7th is an Earth day. That's a, I still don't understand the lore behind well, the calendar. Is there, well, that's an interesting question. Is there an Earth in this universe? Oh. I think, yeah. Well, actually, I know, yes. And I will let you guys read the prequel comics <laughs> to learn okay. about it. <laughs> <laughs> So somehow, somehow the, the 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 universe has adopted the Earth calendar, and March seventh is on that calendar. Also, yes. Okay. Mr. Well, it makes sense because humans are everywhere, and humans, I assume, evolved from Earth. I don't know. We'll see what they say. You'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, well, I realize we have had a lot of uh, inane debates on whether. Uh, you know, March was actually unfrozen on exactly March seventh, or things of that nature. What what sort of uh, what sort of things are keeping you up at night right now in uh, with within Star Rail? What's your hot takes? Personally, I don't understand why March seventh, as much as I love her, is the icon when Pom Pom is right there, and I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out why <laughs> from a lore standpoint. If there is a reason, <laughs> I mean, I, I, from a lore standpoint, I I agree with you. From a hey, here's a cute girl we can show on an icon. I, I think I can probably take a solid guess at why they put Mark Seventh on there. But then, they, why is Amber not you know on the Genshin? I, why is it Paimon? So what, now what's the secret of Paimon? Actually, wait, that I, what is? I, I love I love the meme that uh, it's it's has a picture of Paimon in a yearbook, so it says Paimon and then the cooler Paimon, which is just a picture of March seventh. <laughs> well, she is the cooler Paimon. I will agree, but like it makes me very curious if there's a lore reasoning behind it. Are Pom Pom and March seventh connected somehow that we don't know about? That's what's keeping me up at night. <laughs> you don't have you're right. You don't have a guide in the same way that you have Paimon in in Genshin. You, you, you hit the escape button, she doesn't pop up and hover around you. Right. She's not a guy, she's your emergency food. I don't know what it's you're true. talking about. Yeah, it's also true. <laughs> I, did, I did love the moment where you go to the edge of the map in Harilo 6, Harilo 4. I can't remember if it's 4 or 6 because I can't read Roman numerals. And <laughs> <laughs> like it's the one after the five or nine. I don't know. And you get to the edge of the map, and it, you click a button, and it's like, you you know, a, a small blonde fairy tells you, this might not be the area to go right now. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, it just, it's great, great Genshin Impact reference right there. And it, you know, yeah. cycles through a couple messages. But, uh, um, yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no Paimon in this game, which is a little interesting. I assumed Pom Pom would kind of take that role, but... He doesn't at all. Um, so. is, if anything, I guess is like your 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 um, you know, uh, adventurers guilds replacement Catherine, right? Right. Catherine's. <laughs> when here's a question for you that I don't know. Uh, I can do calxes now, so I mentioned that. Um, are there commissions at some point? There's like daily quests. Um, yeah, that's what I'm waiting so for. In the same okay. Way. Yeah. But I'm guessing I have to get to a certain point to get to that. To be able yeah, to you'll this. unlock them very, very soon. And daily training. Daily training. Which is like the um, I'm blanking on them the name, but basically with the daily training, you'll be given uh, a whole bunch of different options that you could complete to earn 500 points. So some of those options might be something really easy, something like go out into the world and take a picture, and some of them are going to be a little bit more challenging so maybe you have to do like uh you know one or two weakness breaks complete a calcs use some techniques multiple times yeah. and you're just earning up to that 500 points i i really like it as a system because it it gives you choice about what to actually go and work on so i can pick the activities that are more fun or if i'm just trying to quickly get through it pick the activities they'll be fast interesting they have something pretty much exactly like that in their mobile otome game uh tears of themis and it's it's a good system i'm really glad they moved it over to star rail as well 
It reminds me a lot of um, in Animal Crossing. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the like daily system in Animal Crossing. Yeah, and certainly the other components they have are the uh, assignments where you're going through and picking different resources or things that you want to target for your uh, people to bring back. Things like credits, XP books, just like in Genshin. The XP books are my, my go-to. As we look forward into the next week, is there any things that people are going to try and uh, wrap up given our last few days on our current banner? Maybe try and make some progress on areas of the story. Yeah, I think I'd like to finish out the second world by the time we meet up next week. <laughs> I know I'll certainly be able to finish the second world because I think I'm at just before the final boss. And I guess there's probably not much more after that. And then it'd be whatever side quest and uh, stimulated world to work on as far as the banner. Since I did get uh, Sali. I might as well throw some points, uh, some jade away by uh, going for the weapon ba light cone banner. Weapon <laughs> banner. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try and get the first world at least mostly done. I think I'm gonna try and pace myself and not necessarily have to complete the first and second world all all at once. Because I think the f we're probably not gonna do any events this release, right? That's I probably don't have to worry about it until next release. I don't think there's anything coming up. I don't remember yeah. hearing anything about events, so I think you're clear. That's probably what I'm most worried about. Getting to that point. Yeah, I don't blame you. I oftentimes rush Genshin events myself, so... Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's look forward to hopefully uh, next week being able to talk through a lot of the main story beats that occur across uh, uh, Jirilo 6. We can go over what are some of the areas that we felt... Uh, the story was really successful, really interesting. Maybe what are some of the areas that we wish could have been fleshed out a bit more? As we go into that next week, other thing that I'd love to really encourage all of our listeners, please send us your questions, feedback, anything that you would like us to talk about within the show out to trailblazer.talk.podcast at gmail.com. We'd really love to know what are the things that you enjoy about the show and what are the things that you think could be better. And uh, we'll start integrating all that content in for our upcoming episodes. That's all for this episode of Trailblazer Talk. Until next time, keep blazing new trails. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Excellent. <laughs> <laughs>